Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had taken his bodybuilding as far as he could. After winning a record seventh Mr. Olympia title, he retired. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. As a child, her ambition was to become a dancer. As good fortune would have it, she became a princess instead. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press a button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's loving time. We're rolling up the sleeves and uh, doing it again, which is impressive for me, particularly because I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt today. That's right. They look good rolled up. It's yeah. very... That way you can see my tattoos and my muscles. You check your cigarettes in that little... That's right. Yeah. That's right. I told you this before. I'm thinking of uh, taking up cigarettes because at this late stage, what what harm could there be? I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to go from something else anyway by now. And I want to find out what the, what was so great about smoking in the first place for so many people. Yeah. You know they're pretty expensive now. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. I'm going to have to give up something else. Heaven must be missing an angel. <sighs> missing one angel child. Right now. Remember when I was a kid, um, the neighbor lady would send us down to the corner store. You know, she'd go buy me some cigarettes, and she'd give you a, a quarter, and and then she'd give you a dime so you could buy some candy too. But it was nothing for uh, kids to walk in. Hi, I'm buying cigarettes for Mrs. Smith. What what does she want? The Pall Mall Reds non-filter, please. Gee, it's awful late, Bob. We'll have to go. I'll stay a little longer, Mary. I'm afraid I'll be locked out. I'll boost you in through the back window. Bob, look, a star dropping. Make a wish. I did. What, Bob? Well, it won't come true if I tell. Can it come true without me? No, honey. Not my wish. Uh-huh. Go on, tell me. Will you stay here and listen? Yeah. We can smoke. All right. Here's a camel, honey. Let's have another cigarette Before we say goodnight again Yeah, I know. It's funny. I mean, now cigarettes are just so verboten in most quarters, but, I mean, think of this. We could go to the store and... Let's have another cigarette A puff or two or three with me I'm in a sentimental sort of a mood And among the candy items would be candy cigarettes. It's right. almost like, let's warm them up. You can't find them anymore. Let's get the kids all warmed up for the eventual smoking that will come. Right. Let, them, let them pretend to be smoking. And so they, we were all, they were as good. They had a little pink. A little pink on the end. Pink yeah. on the end. And yeah. they were good for one puff because it was like powdered sugar that would blow yeah. out of it. Yeah. Remember? Candy cigarettes of all things. Yeah. Why don't we just have a little, uh, you know, candy uh, booze bottles and <laughs> syringes and stuff. I don't yeah. know. We lived, we grew up in a very different time, didn't we? Candy bongs. And there's part of that different time that I actually yearn for. 
Because I think we're just so uptight about everything. You do? No, I think so. Everything's got... Everything offends somebody. Well, I will agree with you on that. The p- politically correctness is just more than I can take sometimes. I don't even want to get into some of the arguments with people about things. Oh, that's racist. Oh, that's sexist. Oh, that's, you know what? It's actually not. It's just, I don't, it's, it's not. I went to, uh, over east of the mountains, uh, to shoot some commercials, which I was very, uh, grateful to do. And I'm the so-called on-camera talent. Uh, I've I've always had trouble with that word. It's just why you're on camera and you're a talent. Oh, geez, it so sounds so pompous and ridiculous. Well, what would you? So, have... Usually, the people producing the commercial have far more talent than the schlubs that are on camera. They're the off-camera talent. Yeah, What's they're the real? You're the on-camera. What uh, would you have them call you? Just uh, uh, I, the dumb an actor. actor. Yeah, something like that. That's what I would. Hey, get the dumb actor out here. That's not such a stretch. There was a uh, there's a, a newspaper, a regional newspaper called Marketing, and years ago, they had a article in the paper that in their paper that said was about voice talent in in the in this area, mm-hmm. and they part of the article was a listing of the top what they said was the top uh, broadcast voice talent in the area, and they listed a number of names, some of which you would know. Radio and TV. Yeah, radio and TV. And so they would list the name of the person, and then they would they would describe their the basic age that they would be like. They could do people between the ages of 25 and 50. They'd sound like that. And then they would have a description. How would you describe the voice, their voice? Style. Oh, okay. So, so this okay. So this wasn't for people who were doing TV and radio. These were people who were doing voiceover acting jobs. Yes. Okay. And, but got the, it. but the but the newspaper was to people. In advertising and got that sort it, of thing, who may be it. looking to hire such got people. Got it, got it, got it. And so, right, so then there would be a description right? of what does this guy... So a typical one would be a guy that says, uh, he uh, has a rich baritone, authoritative style. Right. Uh, great uh, uh, credibility. Uh, you know, that yeah, that'd yeah. be that thing. My, then that mine comes. Pat Cashman. <laughs> what did it say? Dumb guys and old men. Which was actually pretty true. That was pretty much my range. Especially the dumb guys. Stupid, stupid, stupid. You're stupid all the time. Dumb guys and old men. Yeah. So, uh, so... But you do that. you do old ladies too very well. Oh, I'm, I'm not trying to you're stupid. No, no, but get what I'm saying, that, I'm no, I know. I'm just stupid, stupid. Saying that's the way I, I learned how to do an old lady. I couldn't do it until I imitated you. You're stupid all the time. You imitated me doing Jonathan Winters. Doing an old lady. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was. That's he right. was the greatest. Uh, so, where were we going with that? I don't know. You don't quit acting stupid. Oh, so I go over east of the mountains. You're gonna mess up your worried mind. And it's a campaign that is probably running by now, has been on for a while. It is is to do with uh, tourism there in uh, the Metau Valley, uh, the Okanagan, the, the towns over there, mm-hmm. the Pateras, the uh, Winthrop's. Very pretty over there. Yeah, it's gorgeous over there. Ah. Listen to me. I, I I know I'm gonna sound like I'm proselytizing, but I don't care. If you have never driven the North Cascades from Western or Western Washington over to uh, that 
Eric, you are not going to believe how beautiful it is. It will absolutely blow your yeah. mind. It is so rugged. The wilderness is so spectacular. There's lakes up there. There are uh, features and creatures that you just cannot believe that why in my whole life did I not know about this before? It's like that. It'll be like a spiritual experience. Well, you I'm gonna have do to it. do it. I've been to them. I've been river rafting. You won't in, believe it, Lisa. You the, won't believe that's up there. I've and, been Well, I've been river rafting at the Metau. Metau. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not... I always thought it was Methau. Methau, yeah. And then so that the, that there there might be also a, a stinky valley called the Methane Valley. So <laughs> they make but it I've clear never it's made, Metau. I've never made the drive. So what So what do you do? Is Highway 20. Yeah, and you better get on it. Get on it pretty soon. Because they, they shut that doggy down yeah, in it, it November, in. right? But, oh, please, anybody listening, do this. Do the, Drop what you're doing right, right now. now. Get in your car. How far head you got to go? Head up the road. Uh, the way I went on Highway 20, w- there will be a sobering moment for you because you'll drive right down the highway and you'll look to your left and you will see the Oso Lance uh, Mudslide. Oh, it's, right. It's right there. Right. It's just right there. And they're working. their work crews there now. Working on it, but it will put a lump in your throat. Yeah. But then you go on to Darrington, and then you go up to Marble Mount, and you, and then you go up to, and you can't believe how far up you, you go that there are highway, still houses up there. And you just stay on Highway 20, and that'll take you all the way. Yeah, you go through. up, and, and this, oh my God, you just won't believe it. You, are there bathrooms along the way? Yes. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, there's plenty of rest stops, and there are visitors, stations, and things. Is there food? Uh, yes. You better lo- get the food. In it. There are places where there's like a 74-mile stretch where there's no services. Wow. So you, you have plenty of All gas. right. But please do it, and especially when the, weather, do that. when the weather's nice. In October, it will, oh, I the, the hills will change color to a kind of a gold as the thing. And it's, you just think, I'm dreaming. This can't be real. It's that great. But anyway, so where was I going with you that? You were an oh. on-screen t- talent. Okay, so one of the things on I did. camera talent. I, I, they show me fly fishing. I'm riding a jet ski. I'm doing all these things, bike, biking down a this big hill. All these things are kind of scary a little bit, but it was fun. And I, because I have to, to speak and to the camera while I'm doing all these things. So one of them is that I'm in a car, in a convertible car, and I'm, I'd say some stuff. And I won't give away more than this, but that the mayor of one of those small towns happens to be walking down the street, and we say, hey, mayor, uh, I won't even say what gender the mayor is, hey, mayor, would you sit in this car with me? Be kind of a nice little extra, little secret sauce for this scene. Oh, so this wasn't it scripted. You just... Yeah. So the person sits in the car next to me. So we're getting ready for the camera to get set up and all of this. And I'm thinking, this is so great. This is what a nice person this mayor is and and was and is. So I just start engaging in small talk with the mayor. And I said, how are you? Have you always lived over here? He said, oh, no, no. We used to live over in Ballard. Uh, I said, oh, when did you move? Oh, about 35 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. Oh, really? Why'd you, why'd you move? What prompted the move? Well person said at that time they were starting to uh push ahead with the idea that we would have blacks and whites in the same schools together and that just wasn't going to fly with our family so we moved over here what yeah and i was just stunned i didn't i didn't know what to say i just and then of course okay we're ready to roll now let's roll and this is so we had to do this the commercial I, i couldn't believe it i so I guess my my takeaway uh, from it is if you think that is stuff that was going on 
40, 50 it, years ago, and that's not happening. Oh, People God. don't think yeah. like that anymore. Think again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 to even and this is a mayor verbalize yeah. it is is yeah. Why are you telling a total stranger crazy. this information? Wow, it's like I'm a kindred spirit. I, I'm I'm going to go. Oh yeah, right on. Yeah, it, it was just stunning to me. I don't know why I should have been surprised, but I was. I'm very shocked at that story. Yeah, I yeah. don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> there is nothing to say to it. It's just that. Uh, and it might be partly to do with the difference between this side of the state and that side of the state, although I would never generalize that way. But Do you also wonder, too, if it's um, generational as well that we're going to, at some point, I know people teach people, you know, we, we you know use that phrase, who taught you to hate. Yeah. Um, but, but you are taught that. Do you hope that, do you think that's going to die out eventually, that way of thinking? Um, I don't know. Well, I think it, people who mayors, think that... I think people that think that way, I hope I'm right, are on the wrong side but of their history. Age, but their age, too. is Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, my Uncle Andy, who, you know, passed away last year at 100. 100 years old. Yeah. Uh, the, the most racist person. Mm-hmm. Not in a, in a you know, um, Overt. active way, yeah. but in his thinking. And nothing you could do to change that that's yeah. he grew up through those times he was taught that not saying that 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 those teachings are right but um and yeah, they're well, not I've, right but I've, to- I've told you about uh, my wife's dad too and, and yeah it's just uh you know at, at 90 whatever years of age he's not going to have an epiphany all of a sudden right. i mean he might but it's not likely uh but when you when you hear stuff like that doesn't it make you even more impressed with people and I'm thinking of people like, for all the controversy around him, Lyndon Baines Johnson, mm-hmm. a guy who grew up in the South, mm-hmm. had all those yeah. same attitudes That's spouted right. at him all the time, and and just saw things a different way. Mm-hmm. He took a different path, mm-hmm. a more elevated path, uh, when he had ev- no real reason to do so. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. he, there was no nothing. Political gain, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. it just, it's it, to me... You know, whether you want to point to Lincoln or whoever, thank goodness people come along at some point inevitably in history, as we're seeing now with with greater latitude, thank goodness, for for people of same sex to get married mm-hmm. and, and, thing, and things like that. But, man, it's like pulling people through the flywheel, uh, the fly window of a car sometimes mm-hmm. to get them to come come along and so if people won't come along then at some point they're just gonna die off and then that's that's what will be left it occurred to me when you told me the story uh, were you did you feel um compelled to respond in in any way and then and then i started to think that's do we need to really i mean maybe we do need to share if people but Again, you're saying something isn't going to change that person's mind. Yeah, or you, will you, it? You think a lot of yeah, or will it? Uh, you, a lot of things go through your mind. This is a person that was older than me, which is old enough. Uh, but I, but you're also, and and I know you must run into this in the work you do as well. You also think whether I like it or not, I'm representing another company here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- right. this is in a way this mayor is their client. Or part of their clientele mm-hmm. representing this this area of our state, and for me to suddenly, as as justified as it may be, to suddenly step up and say, you know what, 
You can't not be more wrong about that, and it's disgusting that you would say that. But for me to lecture somebody else uh, in the midst of this this activity that we were there to do mm-hmm. w- would have been the wrong time, the wrong place. What I should do, if I if I want to, is follow up on it and with a letter or something to this person say, you know, I thought about what you said, and I didn't want to make a thing of it that day, and and perhaps do that. Uh, you know that kind of and have my peace that way Mm -hmm. but because in a way what you say is true am I going to change a mind probably not almost certainly not so does does that justify not doing anything at all that's what I mean I don't like the idea of staying staying silent on things just because I don't think it's going to do any good and I as you know have kind of a reputation on not staying silent on things and that does get me into trouble sometimes but i don't like the idea of staying staying silent on things yeah and so uh, i i am i'm wrestling with this right now uh i think you should on the other hand i'm glad that that person's not living over here but that's also closing your eyes to Mm -hmm. something that is we don't live in communities. This whole planet is a community. Well, and every and the, part of it should matter. And the fact that the mayor likely has some um, African Americans in his his or her lineage, which maybe that's what you should do: is pull up a family tree and just say, "Just wanted you to know." Yeah, just just, just so you know. Wanted you to know. A couple other things I wanted to mention. You you talked about uh, that you sometimes your mouth will get you in trouble. Sometimes, and yeah, my mouth gets me in trouble a lot. And we've talked a, a lot in the past about stuff that happens to you when you travel, and has on uh, airlines, air, yeah. air travel. And sometimes it's not even my mouth that gets me in trouble. I just people. I just annoy people. I'm an annoying person. So you're not saying that you are taking others to task that you you should be taken to task no what i'm saying is that i i there's something about me that people want to fight me <laughs> i don't know what that is you really believe that i do believe it and you can ask my my friends and family who know this about me um there are situations where i will be minding i will literally be minding my own business and somebody will want to come after me and take well, my head off well you you can or say be, like or give me trouble they'll you, they'll want to give me trouble yeah well you're driving your car yeah. and you're minding your own business i, I will tell you an example and if of you that. mind your own business maybe you're not minding you know the road and the other things going on on the road so you might inadvertently forget to signal or no, cut, cut someone no, off no. that would be minding your own business but you could screw somebody else I, up. I had a family member who didn't believe this this about me who followed me to Home Depot in my car because we were getting cement we were driving through the residential area I'm minding my own business and this woman just starts to walk out in the middle of the street she's clearly on drugs but she just starts raging at me and I'm not sure if I should slow and so I'm sort of slowing down because I'm thinking I guess she's going to cross here there's no crosswalk <laughs> she's raging at me she's screaming at me she's flipping me off and then gets on the other side and I and and I got into the parking lot and I said see this happens to me all the time the, the crazy people just come out and want to take me on well they're 
there are crazy people. I mean, you're not all alone in that. I and I, I, I went. I had to take a meeting downtown recently, and it was uh, late morning, and so I there was no parking. So I parked my car a good five six blocks away. And this is right downtown. Now, granted, it's down around First, Second, Third Avenue down in there, but I'm walking from my car to this business meeting, and then subsequently back again. I just was a amazed at the sketchy people yes. on the street. I mean, it was kind of, I thought, I if I'm a woman, I'm not walking by myself. In fact, I'm a little leery about walking by myself. In broad daylight. As a guy. I know. And, uh, and, and, and it, the exception was somebody that I thought looked like, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're together. Yeah. And uh, Downtown can be, can be a little bit frightening. Well, it gives you, you an idea that there are, a, sadly, there are so many, because of the pervasiveness of drugs, uh, unbridled, unchecked, unmonitored mental illness and all the rest there's a lot of people who are you know out there mm-hmm. and uh and so the the likelihood that you're going to drive down the street and have this woman wander across the street is is not that remote anymore well not I know. in a bigger town i know but but i'm just saying that that's a great instance of me not doing anything that would provoke somebody whether she was crazy or not I've had people want to fight me over theater seats. I've had, I mean, I've, and then the airplane stuff. I pretty much always get into trouble somewhere. Yeah. I well, don't know why. Which, which, but the which, airplane is a tough area. Yeah, it is. And that's why I wanted to bring this up, which people have probably been aware of for some weeks now. But there's a guy that invented a product based on his own air travel. I believe his name, I don't know. Oh, his name is Ira Goldman. And he invented this thing called the Knee Defender. Yes, I have heard of the Knee Defender. Yeah, have you, do you have one? No, but okay. I've heard of it. All right. So the the deal in the Knee Defender is that you you clip it onto your uh, tray table, right? And it keeps the seat in front of you from being able to You're lean fine. back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so because he was tired of trying to work on his laptop, for example. And then somebody would lean back, and his laptop would fly off onto his own lap. Right, or it shuts because you can't open the screen all and, the way. And it would crack his knees, and it was not good. Right. So, so the initial uh, response to this has been that there have been at least a few incidents of passengers having a, a little tete-a-tete over this issue. The guy wants to lean his seat back and the guy who doesn't want to lean his seat back and who's got the right and who doesn't and all of that. It's not illegal per se, but there are some airlines that are that will, saying we will not let you take this right. new device onto our planes. The point of it to me is, and I, and I think you might agree with this, it's not the passengers that are the, at fault here. It's the airlines who are reducing they're putting more seats on than there is leg room left. No, see, I don't agree with that. I do. I, I don't I, agree with well, that. Well, you're not. You're not six feet plus. It, well, there's no I know. knee room for guys of my size or bigger. There's just they don't. They I don't. Know. That isn't even an issue. Let's just see how many people we can cram onto this plane well, so we can make a maximum amount of money. That's right. They're a business, and you know we're not traveling in an overheated, dirty bus. Um, it's an airplane. It's, yeah, I'm not comfortable either sitting in seats. With but all airlines are doing is reducing services. They're making it more uncomfortable. I'm not they're saying They're not giving it's, you meals. They're yeah, not, I get They're it. charging you to use the bathroom in some places. Yeah. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away.
I get it. It's uncomfortable and I hate it. And I'm starting my busy travel season again and I'm really, I hate it. But I don't think that I can sit there and point, you know, say, ooh, ooh, it's the airline's fault. No, we're still the people that have to get along and and try to coexist in this rather difficult environment. So no matter what the airlines serve up, we just take it. Or you don't fly. Go along with it. That's right. Or you don't fly. So you're okay with that. Or you, what other choice do we have? Buy a first class ticket. That's a defeatist. Buy buy a first class ticket. There's nothing else you can do. It's not being defeatist. It's being a realist. Well, I think of enough people. We have seen what what social media can do. If enough people get in on this thing and start weighing in on it, those things can affect changes. I maybe they so. make bank, banks drop surcharges, and I mean we've seen example, example after example. Maybe, of this. but until that happens, you still have to be a decent human being. I never recline my seat. I don't care how long the flight is. I don't recline. I know that the person behind me is squished enough as it is, and I'm just going to just leave my seat up, and it's going to be uncomfortable. And besides the little weenie bit you can recline anyway, it doesn't really help much at all. It's kind of a joke. And and, But but I think you were going to refer to that situation with the guy who put his knee defender on and the woman threw a glass of water at him. Yeah, yeah. And see, that to me, no, that's that's not the airline's fault. That's their fault. Get along. You're grown-ups. No, I don't disagree with you on that, but I'm just saying... I, I'm just and the guy who you know put the the gadget on yeah. now now says he he's really sorry regrets yeah. his behavior and he, all of that yeah and and you you know how that is sometimes I know, you, you just get snap. caught up in it that whole business of travel is so stressful anyway that's right you're like a powder keg you right. know sometimes you can just go off and you don't mean to right but uh, but I don't think the airlines get a pass on this sort of thing because. They really are reducing services. It's difficult enough to travel. Hell, it's difficult difficult enough just to get on the damn plane anymore mm-hmm. after you go through security and they make you take your pants off. So yeah, that's I mean, a whole different branch can't, of this. Why can't why can't this be a hey? We're it's tough for the passengers. It's tough for the airlines. Let's find this middle ground somewhere where we can all realize that this, thanks to nine eleven, in, in part, this is just a different. Mm-hmm. Different deal we got to deal with now, and let's figure out how to make this work for all of us yeah. instead of putting hard, fast rules in that you know aren't always fair. They're 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 weighed in favor of the airline instead of the passengers. And there are um, some airlines that you can upgrade and and um, get seated first. Uh, Southwest, you can get um, an early boarding, so you can get the emergency exit exit ticket legroom. There's a business class that has a couple extra feet of legroom. So there's there's options. You have to pay for them. Are you saying that everybody should just be allowed the same comfort across the board? I, well, see, I think me, uh, I, I think people who have worked for companies that are going to pay for their upgrades and all that sort of thing, that's fine for them. But it, it it's not so won't. it's not so fair for the rest of uh, folks. Yeah, my company won't. Why should you have to pay for this for for decent service? Why should you have to pay more for for there to be some civility? Well, and there there is food on the airlines. You have to buy them. So are you are you just sort of bristling at the fact that you have to buy these creature comforts now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, so would it make a difference? What what, what do they offer? The what is what is the yes, but you know, what's, right? What's the yes, but you get free water? Oh, and free coffee. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm not so sure. 
Yeah, I like the little Horizon Airlines where you get free beer or wine. Yeah, the Horizon Airline. I love them. I'll be flying them uh, heading over to Eastern Washington. And it's just enough time just to hop over and just chug a beer on the way over. Where are you going in Eastern Washington, if I'm, I may ask? I'm going to Spokane. Oh, you lucky duck. Yeah, I do hey, like Hey, you Spokane. might want to, uh, you might want to, you know, maybe, maybe that's the time you... Throw your stuff in the car and make that North Cascades Highway drive. I mean, I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Well, you know, I would, but I've, I've got to turn around. I, when I fly back, I've got to leave for D.C. the following, the two days later. So I don't think I could make you it. You could drive to D.C. from Spokane, <laughs> could you? I bet that's a lovely drive. Do a cross country. I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert's bare, man. This is a great guy named Hank Snow. He's singing about everywhere he's ever been. And see if you can hear the name Ellensburg in this part of the song. Pittsburgh, Pocketburg, Rattleburg, Colorado, Ellensburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Elderbell, Laramore, Atmore, Havistro, Chattanooga, Chaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Oklahoma, Baraboo, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, Don City, Water City, I'm an everywhere man. No Wainham Claw? Everywhere man, across the desert's bare man, I breathe the mountain air man, I travel, I've had my share man. I've been everywhere. So you wouldn't buy it. That thing is twenty-two bucks. No, nope. need defender. No, I wouldn't buy it. I'm I'm extremely annoyed if the person in front of me. But I think people now who get on planes, I I do find that the woman who wanted to recline her plane was her her her, um, her seat probably wasn't with it. Most of us know people that that fly a lot like me know you don't. It's rude to recline your seat. It's just rude. Yeah, and I don't either. And I never have. Uh, but um, but the guy says, you know, maybe his policy now is to tell the person in front of him, hey, here's what I got back here because I want to do some work. Yeah, but can't, so, it, so it, it, by the knee defender, why didn't, can't you just say to the person rather than, hey, I'm going to put this knee defender on, doesn't that immediately put the person in a defensive? Um, probably so, but it'll be a little reminder. If they try, yeah, but see, it, I'm, uh, if, if this is me, no, if this is me, no, and somebody puts work. a device like that behind me, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to be furious. Me too. Yeah, even though I wasn't going to recline, even though I wasn't going to recline, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think they should be allowed on the planes. Okay, let's change subjects. All right, you're getting I'm mad. Getting, I'm, get, I'm getting, I'm getting mean. I'm getting me mad too. I know. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, a couple other small things, and then uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, there's a director that died. Way off the topic, I know. There's a director, a movie director that died at the age of 94 named Andrew McLaughlin. Died last month. And uh, he directed a lot of stars like John Wayne and Mitchum and uh, Kirk Douglas and William Holden. And the reason I noted that his, his passing, first of all, he died at his home in Friday Harbor, Washington. Mm. And his name, again, Andrew McLaughlin. He was 94. So it was, you know, that's a good long run. But in my little hometown of Bend, Oregon, they shot a handful of movies there over the years, and it was always a huge deal if a movie company came into town. I mean, it was a oh, monster yeah. deal. Yeah, of course. And I remember this guy rented a house, Andrew McLaughlin rented a house right near where we lived. So I thought that, you know, I always was really thinking, every time I'd go by, I think, oh, I wonder what he's doing in there right now. God, it must be cool to be him. Yeah. And this was a time, it was a movie called The Way West. It was from 1967, I think. Not a particularly distinguished movie, and it was about a wagon train going west, of all things. And But it had 
uh, all-star cast. It had Robert Mitchum in it, Kirk Douglas, um, Robert, uh, I mean, Richard Widmark, and Stubby K was a character actor. And it had it was the first movie ever for <laughs> Sally Field. Oh, really? Yeah. So is, wow. she was on TV doing Gidget and Flying a Nun and that stuff. But this was her first movie. And you, you remember, if you remember ever seeing those old things with her, you think, who would think this woman is going to win two Oscars? No, there's no way. This now, is, those were this some is, silly sitcoms. Sit, sit she, she, and she was played a little fluffy part in this mm-hmm. Way West movie as well. Granny? Thank you, Mercy. Drink slow now. You've been sweating. You know, sometimes I think I just change one mother for another one. Don't say that. Almost as pretty, too. Brownie, I'm beginning to like you. In 10 or 20 years, I might even grow passionately fond of you. So, uh, my dad knows that I kind of... You know, as a kid, even as a kid, I kind of think, oh, boy, I like, she's kind of cute. <laughs> so my dad says, hey, Pat, get in the car. And so I, I don't know where he's going. We get in the car, and we go someplace, I think out to the golf club or something. And some of the stars of the movie are out there hodnobbing, and one of them is Sally Field. What? And so my dad pushes oh. me. He says, Sally, come here. Oh, come here. Would, no. Would you get in the picture with my kid, Pat? Oh, I and, thought he was... Okay, and I just wanted, so that's good. I wanted to just, I just wanted a huge hole to open in the ground <laughs> for me to be sucked down and come out in China someplace. Yeah, but it's just a picture, so oh my god, you know. But I still have the picture. You I don't, do? I don't know if I can find it to post it. You have to find it. I'll try, but I, I can't. I, I'll otherwise, post it. So. Otherwise, we'll think you're lying. Yeah, but it's a Polaroid picture. It's black and white. And it tells you everything you need to know. I I look so uncomfortable. I'm holding my one arm. I'm looking away. Oh you know, dear! I've got my glasses on. They're crooked. Yeah. And I just I just and then Sally feels just pert and perky right. looking there, thinking and, this guy's a real loser. Yeah, I gotta I gotta put up with this. Yeah. And we're not. It's not like I have my hand around her or anything. I'm just standing there awkwardly like a statue. Yeah, way to charm her, Pat. She's standing next to me like a statue. I'm sure it was just as painful for her as it was for me, but but uh, I have that someplace. <laughs> and it just, if ever a photo can tell you exactly what somebody's feeling, that, that one does it. In 10 or 20 years, I might even grow passionately fond of you. The other thing I noticed, that uh, recently in history, this wouldn't matter to you, but it's kind of interesting to me. In 1916... About this time, the first self-service grocery was opened in Memphis, Tennessee, and it was called Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Love the Piggly Wiggly. Did you have a Piggly Wiggly in your hometown? Yeah. So what's a self-service grocery store versus a what? That implies, to me, that means that before that, you would go and get your groceries at a general store. Where you would go and say, "Hey, Mister Mister oh, Jenkins, got it. I'd like a can of peas." And I'd he like would pull that, them off the shelf. Sort of and thing. Got yeah. it. Burn. I so, wish those days were back. I'd really like to just stand. Do you in, really? Yeah, I just want to stand in one place and go. I need some butter. Uh, get me some butter horns. Yeah. Uh, bread. Just stand there, and they just. Pop, yeah, but the brilliant idea of this is a guy named Clarence Saunders who came up with this idea of self-service. I don't know if this was part of his calculation at the time, but when you self-serve yourself, 
guess what? You buy more. You're looking at stuff that you hadn't even thought about. Right. Hmm, well, that looks good. Maybe I'll have that, too. I know. So, I mean, it's just brilliant. It I changed go, the grocery business entirely. I go to the store all the time, and they always say, did you find everything you're looking for? Oh, you I know. know. You know yeah. and, and I said, yes, and things I didn't know I needed. And it which is didn't find a man. <laughs> Do you have those? <laughs> do you have those here? So I do. I always buy and buying stuff all the time that I don't. Need. All the th- secrets about never go to shopping when you're hungry, when you're hungry right. and all that Stick sort of stuff. Stick to a list. Blah, but blah, but blah. that was my first real job was in a grocery store, and uh, I just uh, so uh, the business has always been fascinating to me, and and that's where I came up with the idea of the pineapple upside down cake mix thing and all that stuff. But I always just thought this is really a cool business. They put things on shelves there's a reason they put certain things on on shelves and that has become even more of a science right. since the early days of Piggly Wiggly oh obviously. of course P- uh, placement colors yeah. smells music all of those things yeah. are designed to get you to part open that wallet as wide as you can and you know what I used to do I don't know if I ever told you this uh, I'd have eight hour days and I can't tell you I enjoyed the work. I wanted to go out and goof around, but I liked the money getting paid for this. So mostly they had me uh, stocking shelves and things like that. Occasionally, I'd be they'd get a call to come up and box somebody's groceries and take it out to their car and stuff. But most of the day was spent getting things from the back room and loading putting them on the shelf. Putting them on the shelf, which is and did you have to price tag them all and all that? Yeah, stuff? you had a little thing you'd use. And, you, and cool, you had a belt, you know, that you'd have it in. It was almost like you're carrying a gun. It was kind of cool to have that. Of course. Did you have a little um, little grocer apron yep, that you had, had to wear? An, had to wear an apron, yeah. yeah, and all that. So what I would do, and this was before, way before I ever thought about, I mean, I thought about it, but I, before I ever had any broadcast ambitions, I created this entire radio station in my head. It was a talk radio station. Each... And I was, and I would be different personalities, all in my head, just talking to myself. Uh, over the eight-hour day, there'd be two-hour shows, so it'd be four shows a day. Wow! And and I'd make each personality different, even though politics was not as clearly delineated in those days, and to me anyway, I still had like a conservative talk show host on one show, then I had a more liberal guy. On the on another show, wow. then I had a guy that was just doing jokes and stuff like, and I can't remember. And I had names for them, and it was all going on in my head while somebody's paying me to work. And it was that's how I wiled away. The day went really fast doing that. Did you not verbal? Is that a, did is you, that a mental illness? It's kind of a little bit weird. Yeah, I think it's it really is. cute. So you didn't just do it like out loud. You no, just, I did. I couldn't do it out loud. Why? But not? I, yet in my mind, I had a voice in mind of what they would sound right. like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that takes a lot of focus. I don't think I could do that. Well, I I'd know. have to act it out loud. And then if I then I'd say, Pat, we need a checker on. You know, we need a box boy on. Site. You know, then I'd have to, and you know, I will return in just a moment. <laughs> Stay with us. And then I'd go in and do that for a while. And then, however long it was, eight minutes, ten minutes, whatever. Then I'd come back and I'd resume the talk show. And I'd be watching the clock because I knew I had to end, you know, the first talk show wow. at the top of the hour, and then we start a new one. Isn't that weird? That is what you've never told me this. Yeah, and I even had That's kind of music in my head for what they would, and they do commercial, and now a commercial word, and it's all in, just in my mind. Isn't yeah. that weird? That, there's something weird about no, it. No, you keep saying that. It's not weird. It's it's 
unconventional, but I don't think you have. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. I, I, I don't think you have a mental illness. Well, <laughs> too late now. It's, it's happened already. I talk to the trees. Stupid song. Strange. <laughs> Every time that I that I hear you sing that song, I think, it, boy, what a stupid song. Hey, before we wrap up here, I wanted to talk to you about something that, well, maybe a couple of things if we have time. Uh, we talked about Joan Rivers uh, on our last podcast. I just yeah. wanted to, to add an addendum to that, which, because we know she, we think of her as kind of a brusque uh, person. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could imagine that she couldn't have been easy to get along with. She was probably not a pleasant person. I uh, see I disagree with that. Well, I, you could but I'm saying you could assume that. You could assume that. I, I suppose that's So true. I saw this story from a guy who who said he'd never had What the hell was that? What was that noise? Sound like somebody starting up a car. Oh, yeah. I guess it was so somebody starting a car that's already running that noise. Yeah, that is a scary noise. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear that. On that was the sounded like a, somebody's like a man screaming. Is yeah. what it sounded like. Yeah, and that because we, the... because we're doing this podcast, we can't possibly stop down and go <laughs> and make sure nobody's been injured out there or having a heart attack. Yeah, we'll just hope for the best. Yeah, we'll hope for the best. Anyway, um, God, that scared the heck out of me. Yeah, and it, yeah. it sounded like a man screaming. It kind of did. Okay, kind of a girly man, actually. <laughs> All right. But this guy so, said, "I never had the pleasure of meeting Joan Rivers, but like Phyllis Diller and other comedians of her time, she made me laugh." So then he said, um, he talked to a friend of his who was working with Joan Rivers, and the guy said, "I don't usually post this kind of thing, but under the circumstances, I feel the need to share. It's totally self-indulgent. I'm sorry for that." I worked with Joan Rivers on a project. The first thing she said, hang on a second. What is that noise? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> He's tearing what paper you, up. This is my dog. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hearing this through your story. Yeah, I had to make sure it wasn't like. But I'm like, what the heck is that noise? He was ripping some paper up. I wanted to make sure it wasn't the rare $20 bill. <laughs> that that shows around. itself so infrequently yeah. around your house anymore. So this guy said he had to work with Joan Rivers on a project, and the first thing she said to me was, Who wrote this script? It needs work. When I told her I was the writer, she laughed and said, Well, it still stinks. She didn't care that I was also the person who had signed her contract. She only cared about the quality and the comedy. No bull, no pretense. She then proceeded to punch up my script and the director's notes. In five minutes, the concept was miles better than what a team of creative types had developed over weeks and weeks of work. We used every one of her notes. Once on the set, Joan was gracious and hardworking. She told the crew, I'm working for you guys. I I do a take a hundred times if you want, and if it still isn't right, I'll do a hundred more. Didn't require a hundred takes or even ten. She was spot on every single time. And then when we were done with the day, she went on, to go to each crew member and thank them for, in her words, making an old bag look good. There were hugs, there were handshakes, laughs, maybe a high five or two. It's rare for a celebrity to be so humble, so thankful, so giving of their time to all the folks behind the scenes. But Joan was rare, and I just thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, and I think... And that could not have been an exception. That was her way of doing stuff. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that um, in in this argument has been made before that a man who approached their career and did it the way she did would never be... Oh, yeah. uh, It would never be assumed she'd be difficult to work with. And that's a tough thing. What what we do as women when we stand up, speak up for ourselves, or call somebody out on on inferior work, we're known as being a bitch or being being a loud mouth or, you know... Mind your own business. Happened to me. I can't tell you how many times, and 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 that's it's unfortunate because yeah, I may not always have good ideas, but there are a lot of times when I do have valid ideas that aren't that are somehow overshadowed by I'm being, I'm being bossy or I'm being controlling. When have you had being, a good idea? I, I had one. You remember that one? No, you're you absolutely right, one? and that's why Joan Rivers is important because absolutely. she helps everybody, every other woman. Like right. you on a right. cross, Absolutely. whether that was her intent or not, it, that's the net result. Yeah, of it. just so. because you're strong and talented and you you like you you point things out that are wrong doesn't make you a bitch. Yeah, men don't get called out for it that. Means you, it means you have an opinion. Right, you're born with them just like men are. Right. Um, you pointed out something that I had noticed uh, independently, and so when you told me about it, I said, "I know what this. I know why she wants us to." Play this commercial. So I'll just play the commercial for you, okay. and then we'll, and then we'll discuss. Well, plenty has changed over the last 33 years. Tough Shed buildings still stand the test of time, and to celebrate 33 years of building, Tough Shed is layering on even bigger savings during our annual two-day sale, February 14th and 15th. Get a jump on spring and get extra savings on top of already great discounts. Tough Shed storage buildings, garages, and recreational buildings. Designed and installed by local Tough Shed building professionals. Visit our factory direct showrooms during our two-day sale for the best deal on the best buildings. Okay, so we've seen the product. There's a guy driving a motorcycle over a series of these Well, yeah, it's, these little that, buildings. I think that's an old one. The, 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 this is a, a commercial that comes out all the time. Yeah, but I mean, they did show the guy driving mm-hmm. over the, sh- right, over right, the right, sh- right, right, right. sheds. Right. Uh, during this commercial is, because and, that's their old calling card. And this is a national company. Is that correct? I, as far as I know, the, the spots look pretty schlocky, but I believe you would it's see this commercial company. coast to coast. Yeah. And the problem is that, that he's, the, the announcer, I don't know if he's just speaking too fast or not clearly enough, but it, it does sound like you're going to have to beep because you know what it sounds like. Yeah, well, it sounds like the expression we often use when, uh, like, <laughs> get, o- get over it, that tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. It rhymes with pit. Yeah. People know what you mean. Right. And because he he doesn't enunciate it very clearly, yeah. it it can easily, if you were not paying attention, you say, what did he just say? Well, that's every time, the first time I heard it, when I walked in the kitchen, again, I have that, that TV in my kitchen, little TV under the counter, and I hear the guy going, tough shit, tough shit, tough shit. I'm like, what did? What is he saying? Now, do you think that's an accident? I don't I think it's an don't accident. I don't know, but here's what I'm wondering. I if think they, they all... want people to, hey, wait, I better listen to I this. I can't imagine them being that clever. Well, just the name alone suggests to me that that was an intentional name. No. A double entendre for this. Or double, you know. I don't know. Because a shed, it's, it's a shed, and they're tough. I really don't... Don't give them more credit. You're giving them way more credit than I think they're due. I think they all went... Um, they all went when they got everything together and they did the commercial. They went, oh no, oh well, no! So you, you don't guys, think they ever had that? Co- oh that. no, you guys listen to this. Oh, great! Now what are we gonna do? Mm. 
we've already got the the the, the incorporation name. We've got the the bank and bank account. We got the websites. So tough <laughs> shed. We can't. We so can't. tough shed was just a an inadvertent. It has to be. Sounds alike thing. It has to be. Well, then how do you explain their next product? Deckhead. <laughs> oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.